It's all about the game. And how you play it. It's all about control. If you can take it, it's all about the game. Lemmy would be proud. And the home of the Welcome to the 8th episode of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey, it's hockey in sneakers. It is WrestleMania week, and we are pumped. James and I are fresh off of our appearance at Monday Night Raw, the go-home show in Barclays, and we are pretty pumped up about Sunday. At least I am. Are you, James? Yeah, totally, brother. (laughs) <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> no, okay that's okay i think uh when you're talking about wrestling you're legally required to drop in brother every uh other sentence <laughs> okay good but yeah you got me all jacked up i'm sorry all right no that's fine calm down a little bit that's okay <laughs> that's okay it's uh, it's good to be excited um and you know what else is good is to kick off with our starting lineup so everybody knows who we are and today's starting lineup in goal i am the american rhino number 35 gary mccomiskey and my illustrious tag team partner nicely done on defense number four i'm james sajazi all right james yeah i'm peppering in the wrestling a little heavy so for our non-wrestling fan listeners i apologize but it's the granddaddy of them all baby yeah come on you can't you, you can you possibly have enough references wrestling references i think not so <laughs> i guess up. i guess we're gonna find out <laughs> yeah right and on that note james please would you be so kind as to tell us what is on deck i'd be happy to so leading off pump up the volume as gary mentioned before wrestlemania 32 is this weekend and wrestlemania is the grandest stage of them all and features the grandest entrances gary and i will talk about our favorites which will lead into what music we've listened to that pumps us up before deck hockey games mr american rhino mac equipment manager the segue was just too good to pass up. Uh, we'll bug Gary about his incredible MacGyver skills and ask him about his most excellent goalie helmet. And from there, we'll go back at the movies. The good. Picking up where we left off the last edition of Hit the Deck when Gary and I benched Hollywood for insulting hockey fans with terrible hockey movies, we let La La Land totally redeem itself tonight with the hockey movies that did it right. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. All right. So, Mania. Yeah. Like Gary mentioned, we were lucky enough to go to Barclays Center uh, last Monday for Raw, basically in our own backyard, and, and watch legends like The Undertaker. Probably, I don't know, for, for my money, the best of the best live and doing his thing, which he does so well, better than anybody else. And for as long as he has, too, which is a miracle to me. 
But uh, that just really got us over the top for WrestleMania 32, which to me, it seems like it's later this year. I don't know. It's just like it's never getting here for some reason. But um, that kind of leads up to the hype uh, a bit more, too. I think it's usually the first week in April or thereabouts. Uh, I know it's always around my wife's birthday, and that's coming up next <laughs> week. So Nice. Yeah, I think Easter being a little bit earlier this year. It's not as early as it can be, but uh, right. being in March kind of threw me off. But That's all right. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I kind of defer to you in, in terms of the wrestling world as um, the expert. I'm, I'm a little left behind in certain aspects where all my favorite wrestlers are a bit older, as mentioned, The Undertaker, God bless him. But, uh, you know, I'm like a hitman type guy and growing up with rock and wrestling and, and all that stuff and uh, Andre the Giant. But I'm not too versed on the newer uh, edition of guys and whatnot. So, you know, you'd. you'd do a better job of uh, bridging that gap. But speaking of which, yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to lead off with The Undertaker, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, in terms of uh, the guy that does it right. The You know, he's even changed his character a few times through his illustrious career. And maybe this is his last match, uh, WrestleMania 32. There's a lot on the line for the story, including the future of um, the McMahons, who is going to run the show. But anytime you hear that bell go off and the lights go low and and smoke, whatever, it just it, it, it gets me going. It's just so exciting. And I don't care if I sound like a little kid. It, it works every time. So hats off to Undertaker. Well, yeah, that's the end of his entrance, actually. But I'm sorry, you, you said something about a bell. Uh, which bell? Uh, did, did you mean this bell? So, so that's the one. Right. OK. Oh, just just so I'm clear. All right. Yep. Yep. Well, th- yeah, that was me hitting my head. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, The Undertaker is indisputably my favorite wrestler of all time, and whenever I hear that, even just watching on TV, when I hear that, I get goosebumps. The lights go out, the gong sounds, and you know that, uh, you know, the temperature, it just seems like the temperature in the arena just drops about 10 degrees at least. And that's how it felt on Monday when we saw him. And undoubtedly, that is how it feels at WrestleMania when he has some of his uh, his crazy dramatic entrances. I know um, there was one where he came out of the smoke and, and kind of the, the hands were waving of all the souls that he's reaped over the years and and there was the one where he uh he had all the coffins lined up with the names of all of his wrestling victims and he's had some fantastic entrances and his music definitely sets the tone for his character i i mentioned uh last week's show it was that i had the batman beyond logo on my mask painted on my mask i also have the undertaker symbol painted on my mask because he is um i'm not going to say he's an inspiration for me in deck hockey but uh just kind of the way he goes about his business the relentless professionalism and um the way he just puts on a good show at all costs physical mental and and otherwise it is just it it is really kind of a, a model for the way you should carry yourself really in in any kind of endeavor where you're trying to do something athletic or you're trying to entertain people or or both amen to that yeah i mean we could definitely go on and on about the undertaker but i guess we only have uh but a half hour or whatnot for uh for our podcast but well, we have as long as um, we want it's our podcast but yeah yeah we, for you know. consistency's sake you know but yeah i mean can't say enough about the taker and uh thank you for all of your uh, countless years of uh consistent greatness 
Mr. Taker. Another one of my favorites is, uh, like mentioned before, Bret Hitman Hart, another great champion, a Canadian. There's the hockey connection there. One of the coolest logos ever and team names are the Hitmen for yeah, you. Uh, Calgary. Hockey fans out there. Yeah, yeah. A minor league uh, hockey team. And just, yeah, like the guy that just went about his business the way it should be, the same thing, was a real wrestler. Um, he's had some health issues lately, so we definitely wish him the best. And um, if anybody could beat what he's dealing with, it's 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 Bret Hart. So, uh, you know, keep him in your prayers and whatnot if you can. But uh, just consummate professional. Again, one of my favorites and idols growing up. But uh, I wasn't too thrilled with his intro music, believe it or not. It was it was good and whatever, but it wasn't quite like Undertaker or a couple of other guys that uh, we'll mention later, like Austin or, or Triple H. But uh, you, you know no, why I know. think. Sorry to interrupt. You know why I think that the his music is good for his character because Brett the Hitman Hart was never flashy. You know he wasn't he wasn't the guy with the the big like he never was a high flyer and had glamorous moves. He he was kind of relentless which is what his music embodies he's um he just he he was a guy who who went about his business um not unlike the undertaker but he was a guy who was a a consummate pro and he would you know in terms of his wrestling style he would just wear you down and that's kind of that that freight train kind of feel to his music that he's just going to keep coming and coming and coming and wear you down and i think that really represents the kind of character that he was yeah, fair enough, right. I mean, he was a technician and, and a real wrestler. So, And that's a good point, too. He kind of bridged the gap between, like I was mentioning before, I guess I'm more of a quote-unquote old school in terms of early 80s and through the 90s fan. But, yeah, because I do specifically remember, especially when Steve Austin saved the WWF at the time. It was still known as the WWF. And it seemed like the bad guy was turning into the fan favorite and he wasn't a heel anymore. It was kind of changing of the guard yeah. um so Enter the attitude era yeah exactly so uh again appreciate um appreciate that from the hitman how about yourself any uh specific wrestlemania or just uh wrestling intros that uh tickled your fancy besides the taker well i gotta tell you i honestly growing up i never really bought a lot of pay-per-views i watched monday night raw a lot but i i never you know Pay-per-views are expensive, so even WrestleMania, I never, uh, very rarely got. So I don't, I can't think of a lot of entrances that really stick out at me. I'll tell you, Edge's original music uh, always got me pumped up. The the You Think You Know Me, because back when he debuted in the in the late '90s, I was um, kind of brooding teenager and what have you. So he kind of, uh, I, I identified with that. Mick Foley, Mankind. His theme music, uh, Wreck, is the name of the, uh, the 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 one. Not his original Mankind music. The stuff that he uses now that starts with a car crash and the da na na da na da na na. I'll talk about that in a little more detail shortly. But I listen to that regularly to get myself uh, psyched up. I don't know. I, Shawn Michaels, I thought always perfectly his music it perfectly encapsulated his character the flamboyance and the the kind of uh, dancing around and when he he'd pose and his pyro would go off in a line back and forth uh that that always got me pumped up to watch one of his matches how about you yeah thanks for bringing that up speaking of being at raw on uh, monday night gary did point out the boards and and how much production goes into just 
any kind of wrestling uh, show, in-house, uh, pay-per-view or whatnot. But, yeah, with all the pyro and, and, and the uh, the way they set things up and everything goes off for a live event pretty much without a hitch, and, and I hope it stays that way too, especially when you're dealing with pyrotechnics and indoor fireworks and startling me like every time whenever something blew up <laughs> when like Ryback came out I wasn't I wasn't expecting a, something to blow up or whatever but really they they get the entertainment part down do uh, the WWE so uh, kudos for them uh, yeah like we mentioned Rowdy Piper was always such a, a fun guy to watch and, and hate and God rest his soul sure macho man I mean uh, with pomp and circumstance I'm not sure if that's the name of the song but no that, that's uh, one of the... yeah um, that, that's right or, or the graduation theme, if you will. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But uh, one of the coolest entrances of all time and one of the greatest characters, too. And unfortunately, we lost him as well. But, um, yeah, Austin it, it doesn't get better than that. Yeah, yeah, right. Bonesaw with the Spider-Man connection. But uh, Steve Austin, you know, the the broken glass and, and that, that hard metal sound coming. Heavy metal sound, I should say. And like we referenced before, the Ultimate Warrior, specifically in WrestleMania six, was it? That he ran down to... Uh, yeah, in the Sky Dome against Hogan. Yeah, which was just, to me, stuck out in my memory as one of the coolest things ever. I wasn't a big Warrior fan, but mm-hmm. definitely appreciated that. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and every year Triple H has uh, some kind of ridiculous entrance. Uh, I don't know what he's going to be doing this year, but last year, for example, he came out as the Terminator, um, with uh, complete with Arnold Schwarzenegger introducing him in character. And uh, a couple years ago, he came out on a throne with a, like a demon skull mask with a bevy of beautiful women draped all over him as like the the. The wrestling fans are going to get on me if I get this wrong, but he's he's like the the Skull King or something like that. I think I messed that up, but it was something to that effect. And yeah, he's <laughs> he 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 always has quite a theatrical entrance. Um, time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Etc. Well done, man. So uh, so yeah so um. That's it for me for the wrestlers, but uh, if you have anything else to add before we talk about what we like to listen to before our games. Yeah, well, like I for- said, um, Mick Foley, uh, his theme, Wreck, is in my pregame rotation to pump me up uh, because I'm a goalie, and a large part of my style as a goalie is, I mean, I try and stay in position to stop the puck, but if I find myself out of position, I tend to heave myself around uh, on the ground and sideways and, uh, you know, over, under, and through however I need to, to try and get between the puck and the net. So I kind of feel like that music, Mick Foley was such a... um, Ric Flair once called him a glorified stuntman, which isn't fair because he was a, a fantastic showman and he he was even better at ring psychology. So he knew how to manipulate a crowd and how to get a big reaction and, and more importantly, when to get a big reaction. But there was definitely a, a physical recklessness to his in-ring style and I kind of feel like I have some of that recklessness and I I kind of have to have some of that recklessness as a goalie because you can't worry about oh I could try and stop the shot but I could get hurt no you try and stop the shot and if you bleed you bleed and if you know worry about tomorrow tomorrow is what I always say so uh, that yeah 
that theme song really uh, resonates with me and kind of puts me in the right mindset. Well, whatever works, because uh, if you haven't seen Gary play, he walks the walk and talks the talk. So it, it, it's working for you. So nicely done. Uh, personally, for me, I, I think we kind of have a similar taste in music, too. I love uh, hard rock and metal. And my all-time favorite band, obviously the Beatles, they are uh, in a class in and on themselves. But uh, I go to Van Halen. Doesn't matter if it's uh, Dave or or Sammy. It's uh, they just have such an incredible catalog of consistently great music, and nothing really gets me pumped up better than uh, than like uh, Eruption or um, you know anything off a of Fair Warning. Uh, if you're familiar with the Van Halen catalog, uh, just Women and Children First is another great album. Fifty One Fifty, For Unlawful Calling on Knowledge is another one. We won't say what that stands for shortly, but uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sure it's not an acronym for anything. No, so yeah, just any anything Van Halen, uh, it 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 it's, gets me going. So I also um I actually have not not extensive like a hundred songs, but I have a, a somewhat varied playlist. I really dig Murder Incorporated by Bruce Springsteen. That that gets me uh going. I've kind of recently brought uh, Orange Crush by REM into my rotation. Immigrant song Led Zeppelin. Uh, I mentioned the Undertaker connection before. I, I just kind of dropped in his theme music, but my my one like signature song, basically, and I'm probably going to catch some flack for this. And if you'd like to give me some flack, feel free to do so at hitthedeck at gmail dot com or on Twitter at hitthedeckpod. But uh, my my main go to song is "Rock You Like a Hurricane" by the Scorpions. I don't know. I'm not even really a big hair metal guy but that one song just um it it really it puts me in exactly the frame of mind that i need to be to be in goal and i i dig it so that's that's my jam as the kids say and you know what else it's it's kind of similar to the mick foley theme song as well so that's kind of consistent so nicely done yeah i guess so yeah but uh yeah from there if you wouldn't mind, we could go into uh, your equipment manager skills. You did mention your incredible goalie helmet before and mask, but... Um... Yeah, I have a few masks. The one that has the Batman and the Undertaker logo on it is not the mask that I'm about to talk about. That's like my quote-unquote big game mask. The one that I use most often playing uh, regularly is just my my regular American USA mask, which... I got nothing against America. I, I call myself the American Rhino. I'm I'm in the wrestling parlance. I'm a mark for America. But um, yeah, and, and just to interject, excuse me. I mean, there's yeah. no better, bigger patriot than Mr. Gary Mack. So go ahead. Wasn't it Del Wilkes? I think the Patriot. And and Hulk Hogan <laughs> uh, played Mr. America for a while, right? When he was in. Uh... When he was yes. suspended or banned or whatever he was. Anyway, uh, that's a tangent. Right. And I could go off on those constantly, but I'm going to try and rein myself in. So, yeah, in my my regular mask, a while back, I said to myself, you know what? When I'm warming up for a game, I would really like to kind of get pumped up to some music. But if I just play music on my phone and sit that on the net, then... You know, I'm not going to hear it that well and it might distract the, the other people. They might not want to hear what I'm listening to. So I decided I need some in-mask headphones that I can use to play 
but I don't want there to be a cable running to my phone because I don't want to keep my phone in my pocket if I'm playing goal. I don't want to break it. Although I do have an OtterBox, which I highly recommend because it's kept my phone safe uh, in the face of danger many, many times. Um, So good job, OtterBox. Thanks for that. So what I decided to do, I did some research and first I found a pair of motorcycle headphones. Uh, what basically those are headphones that are specifically made to be put in a helmet, a motorcycle helmet. But the problem is they were not Bluetooth. They were just regular headphones with uh, a mini plug that you would plug in to, um, you know, your phone or, or something or iPod or something of that nature. So what I did is I got a relatively cheap Bluetooth receiver that uh, is battery operated and you just, it's, it's really very small. It's smaller than a Zippo lighter and a lot thinner. And so what I did was I, I put the headphones in the mask and I did some cable management. So it's all tucked up right by the back lip of my mask uh, on, around the top and sides. The headphones are on the sides. And so when I want to listen to music, I just turn on the Bluetooth receiver and I pair it to my phone and I play and I have complete full range of motion. I can listen to the music that that's pumping me up while I'm warming up to get me uh, in in the perfect state to play. And there you go. And it didn't cost a lot of money. It it, it was I don't remember. it, It was a while ago that I got what I got. And I will post links to this on the Facebook page at Hit the Deck on Facebook. But it couldn't have cost me more than $30 or $30 or $40 to with the headphones wow. and the Bluetooth receiver. So, and I got all that stuff on Amazon. So yeah, I'm not going to say it's been a blessing because I don't want to overstate it, but it's really been uh, something that's something I've benefited from. That's even more impressive that you did all that with uh, such a small price tag. Did you experience any problems with setting up the system if those how you found out that they made specific headphones for motorcycle helmets is beyond me. I don't even think that those things existed, but were those things designed specifically for a bulkier motorcycle helmet and did you have to make any adjustments to those things specifically to fit them in your goalie mask without impeding anything? Not really. Of the mask? Um the way my mask is set up is it kind of flares out slightly right around where my ears are. So I was able to slip them in. They're very thin and they're soft. I looked around uh, through a bunch of different models before I settled on the ones that I settled on. But um, like I said, they're, they're soft. They're very thin. They affix with Velcro. So you can uh, easily take them in or out if you need to. And the Bluetooth receiver, I I got like um, some Velcro strips and I secured that in with Velcro. I did the wire management with Velcro. Um, I tried to make everything as thin as possible so I could just, like I said, line it around the lip of the, the mask. Um, so when I take it off or, or put it on, it doesn't really get in the way of my head occasionally something comes uh not dislodged but something moves and i have to shift it but really it's a i don't pat myself on the back too much but it's a pretty slick setup 
and I haven't really had many problems with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be happy to pat you on the back for that because you deserve it. It's really one of the most ingenious things I've ever seen because especially for a goalie, anything you, you have to be so specific and, and make sure you see everything properly and make sure you're comfortable. And your helmet is one of the most important pieces of equipment there is too because it's really saving a lot in terms of your safety. But to have the wherewithal to do the homework and, and the wiring and making sure everything fit in properly and work properly, because they sound good, right? I mean, you, you get good sound out of the headset, correct? Yeah, I mean, they're not super loud, but they're right next to my ears, so they don't have to be. Uh, part of the reason why I wanted to do speakers in the mask and not just put in earbuds, which might have been a lot simpler, is because I also wanted to be able to hear things that are going on around me. You know, I if I have in earbuds, then I'm only going to be hearing the music. If I have the speakers next to my ears, I hear the music, but I can also hear people shooting the puck or people talking to me or, or you know, going side to side. And, and I don't have to worry about taking them out and putting them in if I'm not actually practicing, if I'm playing in a game. With the, the mask speakers, I just oh, it's game time? Okay, let me just turn off the phone and I'm ready to go. Pound for pound is just really an impressive feat. So uh, nicely done. Yeah, sure. On that. Like I said, I'll put links to the stuff that I used on the Facebook page. So if anyone's interested in, in something like that, maybe it will benefit you. Cool. Yeah, or you should just patent it and maybe make a buck off of it. Yeah, well, since I don't actually own any of the components that I put in I don't think that's really uh and not being an electrical engineer I don't think I could build anything like that well um there was a movie based on the gentleman that invented the um delayed uh, windshield wipers so uh one of the points that he made because Ford tried to sue him because they tried stealing the idea from him and mm -hmm. I don't know the gentleman's name offhand I apologize but uh he in order to win the case and he did it cost him his wife and family and whatever and lord knows how much money and time but still he had the wherewithal to see it through he pointed out that uh, like charles dickens or something uh, put words together which nobody owns the words he just put them in a certain sequence and you can't sue shakespeare for that either so in <laughs> in your defense you had the wherewithal to merge the two together which i don't know if anybody's ever thought of that before or if someone had thought of that did it successfully so uh, yeah i'm not willing really to think i'm that original so i i you're one of a kind as far as i'm concerned so yeah glad to know you and... <laughs> thankfully <laughs> and nicely done and your humility is really showing here so uh good good stuff thank you and uh from there like we mentioned last week we kind of ribbed our last episode i should say we kind of ribbed hollywood for um feeble attempts at hockey movies but uh, this podcast will talk about the good ones. So, Gary, if you wouldn't mind talking about your favorite hockey movies that Hollywood has produced, uh, please do so. Sure. So I'll just I'll just take off my mask here and with the um, take off the Undertaker bandana that I wear for every game, and um, that, that that still says WWF on it. it goes back to the late nineties, and nice. um, <clears throat> and I'll put on my movie critic scarf. And uh, here we are at the movies to discuss the <laughs> movies about hockey. And all right, I'm sorry. I apologize to anybody listening because that you deserve better than that. All right, so <clears throat> sorry. I told you I could ramble. I I am a rambler par excellence. 
<laughs> All right. So uh, the first movie I'm going to mention, last week we did a real number on D3, or at least I did, did a real number on the third Mighty Ducks movie. But um, this week I want to give credit to the first Mighty Ducks movie because, yeah, it is silly and it is cheesy. But you know what? I think that movie... It has some real heart to it, but I, I think by the third movie, it got kind of cliche and you already knew the story beats. So it's basically treading water and uh, and just going over territory that you've already done twice. But the first movie, it, it, it had real heart. You know, you, you felt for Emilio Estevez's character, Gordon Bombay, who knew that his best days were behind him and who did have regrets about the career he could have had and felt like he should have had but never did. And that mentor role that he reluctantly adopted for those kids in The Mighty Ducks. There was, there was I mean, Disney does these movies for a reason. They're really good at, at making these sappy, saccharine concepts really tug at your heartstrings. And I also think it's great because... It wasn't a team of professionals. It was a team of kids, and and not all of them were well-to-do. They were struggling. I think it did a lot to promote the sport of hockey. I think there's a whole generation of kids who grew up watching that movie and said, you know what, I want to play just like the Mighty Ducks. I think I could be a player. I, I, I think I could go out there and I can be a good hockey player if I believe that I can, and I believe that I can. Uh, and as you said last week, it spawned an NHL franchise. So clearly there was enough inspiration there that enough people thought that it was a good way to grow the sport. And for that, I give them a lot of credit. Good job, Disney. I also wanted to bring up a couple of movies that I haven't personally seen, although I plan on watching them now that I've, uh, I've stumbled across them researching this. Um, they are well-regarded. One of them is called Pond Hockey, which came out, I think, in 2008. And it's a documentary about pond hockey, as as you might imagine. Basically, it's about the kind of the, the transition from the old days where kids would just go out on the pond and play hockey, the you know, the frozen lake and and play hockey to now where everything is so different that there's you know people go to hockey arenas to practice and it's become really competitive and and it's it's i guess lost some of its charm and and kind of how the sport of hockey in general is evolving and what what hot the game of hockey really means what is the game of hockey so that's one i want to check out and the other one i have to watch just because of the name it's called the Rhino Brothers. Nice. Yeah, which I think is from 2005, and that's a movie about a, a Canadian family. One son in the family, uh, he dreams of being a professional hockey player, and he he tries to become a hockey player, and he has a lot of ups and downs, and it's just kind of uh, following his experience uh, in the maybe not so glamorous world of professional hockey and how it impacts him and his family so uh you know i guess hockey widows so those are my three picks for good hockey movies james what do you got okay my all-time favorite and i think a lot of hockey fans would agree is uh slap shot and uh we touched on this last week but uh starring the late great paul newman 
came out in 1977. I think every hockey fan is familiar with the Hansons, the three goons portrayed in the movie. Uh, Jeff was portrayed by Jeff Carlson. So just hang in there with me. You could look this up on Google, too, if you'd like. But uh, Jack was played by David Hansen. His real name is Hansen. And Steve was played by Steve Carlson. So the actors with their same first names, Steve and Jeff, are actually brothers in real life. They did have hockey experience. They did play and do play. I think they uh, have clinics and things like that. And uh, Jack was uh, – his real name – Real last name was Hanson. So, so let, let me get this straight, James. Confused. Sorry. Just, yeah. So yeah. so there were three players who played brothers in the movie. Two of yes. them were actually brothers, and they took the name of the guy who was not related. You got it right on the money, man. Nicely done. <laughs> oh, Hollywood. And they were their own line. Yeah, they, um, that's impressive. They were their own line, too. So it was a, it was a center and wingers. So that was uh, pretty good. Just as a warning, though, the movie is not politically correct by any stretch of the imagination. Again, it came out in 1977. Nor is it appropriate uh, is, for children. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah, make sure that... Uh, it's very blue, a lot of foul language and adult topics, we'll just say. And, you know, it was written by a woman, as a matter of fact. Her brother was a member in the minor uh, minor league hockey circuit, and uh, she based the movie off of his experience. Uh, Nancy Dowd, I believe, is her name. Yeah, Nancy Dowd. And uh, it's, just, it, it, it's pretty realistic in that aspect. But, uh, again, yeah, it, it's for adults only or at least uh, teenagers that are uh, prepared for that. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a comedy, it's very funny, and maybe it's a guy movie. I don't want to you know, uh, be chauvinist or anything like chauvinistic or anything like that. Well, but, if I recall correctly, uh, it features a nearly naked Paul Newman at one point, so uh, I'm sure there's something in there for the ladies. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't Paul Newman, it was uh, another character, but um, maybe the women... Well, you know what? They're, they're, he probably... In locker room scenes, and maybe uh, left not much to the imagination, <laughs> but but yeah, there's definitely something for everybody. But uh, yeah, don't don't let the kids see it, and um, you know, just be prepared for some of the things that they say, which which just would never be heard of nowadays. And the hockey sequences are really good in it too, because Paul Newman was quite a good athlete, uh, even if they used stunt doubles or whatnot. But uh, it was kind of I don't know if it was revolutionary at the time, but the way they shot it, it was really very cool and flowed well. From there, as we talked about a few episodes ago, was the movie Miracle that came out in 2004. And that was obviously based on the 1980 U.S. hockey champions that starred Kurt Russell. And uh, yeah, we won't put too much time in this this episode since we already went into it a bit more detail. Um, in episode in, three. Yep. That's right. Thank you, sir. So uh you loyal listeners out there appreciate it if not go check it out and disney took care of that and did a really good job with it and because the actual events were so amazing they couldn't really do too much in taking dramatic license so like gary mentioned in, in that podcast that they used actual footage from the events that happened in 1980 so they did a pretty good job with that and then the third movie which i love in terms of great hockey movies is one known as young blood which came out in 1986 and that starred a young rob Lowe. uh so yeah talk about something for the guys and the gals also the late great patrick swayze was in it and keanu reeves too uh they were in the supporting cast as teammates of mr lowe's Whoa. uh good hockey sequences yeah um, Rob Lowe is dreamy. Had a good, yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> what was it, the Brat Pack they referred to them as? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, it, it really 
put a good feel on um, how many countless sacrifices hockey players need to make in order to get to the minors or, you know, even if dream big and make it to the NHL somehow, which I have no idea how anybody does that. But uh, those are my three favorite hockey movies. So Slapshot, nice. Miracle, and Youngblood. Definitely recommend checking them out if you haven't. Youngblood, again, yeah, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend that to the kids. Uh, little adult situations and things like that, too. I, I believe there's some uh, foul language. But I grew up in Brooklyn, so I'm kind of used to that. So just want to make sure you don't let your youngsters see that, at, at least without being accompanied by an adult but miracle obviously that that that's good to go uh, for anybody and honorable mention is dumb and dumber the reason <laughs> for that is uh and if you haven't seen dumb and dumber please do yourself a big favor watch dumb and dumber and dumb and dumber 2 the uh sequel that came out 20 years after it but cam neely the bruins great is in dumb and dumber and he plays a character named Seabass. So I'm sure a lot of hockey fans already know that, but just you got to love him. I mean, it's indescribably awesome. And then just uh, for a couple of other movies that are worth checking out, one is Goon. Which I always and, refer to as the Philadelphia Flyers story. Right. Um, Even though it's not. Play, yeah, they actually play hockey in this movie. So uh, that's another one that uh, the adults should uh, check out and, you know, don't let the kiddies watch it. And Mystery Alaska. The reason why that wasn't those two weren't my favorites, uh, Goon was a little uh, lowbrow, but whatever. Uh, Mystery Alaska was extremely disappointing to me personally. And uh, Gary, I don't know if you've heard of that movie either. I think it came out in 1999. Didn't the Rangers win? Well, here's the thing: the rumors were that the actual New York Rangers were supposed to be in it, so they copped yeah! out. Obviously, yeah, they they they. Uh, and I, I remember really being insulted by the guy who thought he was Mike Richter. So I'm sure you probably <laughs> hunted down and and heard him. And then, of course, there was a guy with the number 11 who was a little bit too rough and tough and whatever. But um, Did he cry a lot? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and the opposing team from the, I, guess, I don't know if there really is a city known as Mr. Real Last. <laughs> But the, uh, the that scrappy team was coached by not only the, the, was coached by the bandit himself, Burt Reynolds. So hey, had, yeah, yeah, the bandit versus the Rangers. So just uh, keep that in mind if you want to check those two movies out. So that's it for me in terms of hockey in Hollywood. Well, great, thank you, James. That's fantastic. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Okay, I guess it's time to wrap things up. Thank you for listening to the eighth episode of the Hit the Deck podcast. As always, we'd like to thank Pops for being the voice of the podcast, Anthony Sajazi for providing us with music, and the LIQ for helping us out with sound effects. You can contact us if you would so choose to do so at hitthedeck at gmail.com and on Facebook at hitthedeck, on Twitter at hitthedeckpod, and we are at the hit the deck on instagram on the grams as the kids say uh james you got anything you want to throw in there yeah i just want to apologize in the last episode i mispronounced the word homage so uh sorry mom she's an english teacher and i hang my head in shame my wife is also a teacher so there's enough shame to go around <laughs> Yeah, so my apologies. No worries. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And I imagine anywhere else fine podcasts are sold. All right, so <laughs> I, I guess that's going to do it for the Hit the Deck podcast. Finally, I would like to leave you with this reminder. It's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. I don't think I should do that again on the show.